Let me share a couple prayer requests. I meant to share them earlier, but encourage you to pray uh, nonetheless. Pray for Brother Barry Torrey, who mentioned on Wednesday. He had an infection in his foot last week, at the end of last week, and, uh, or a cut, and excuse me, got it infected and been in the hospital since uh, Wednesday. And he had a surgery yesterday to take out uh, excessive fluid and things, and uh, report today was everything went well. And uh, another praise, he has diabetes. They didn't have to remove any of the toes, and so we're grateful for that. And, and uh, so he seems to be healing okay. They're waiting back on some blood cultures and things like that, but he should be coming home tomorrow. Just pray for him. That infection will be dealt with 100%. Then pray for Brother Jerry Hubble. He's had a, a rough go of it. Uh, Miss Pearl's uh, put in a, uh, in a home. Uh, he's fallen several times this past week. He fell at home. They took him to the hospital. He fell at the hospital even and getting him to go in the bathroom and things. So just pray for him. They believe it's related to some medicine he's taken. And so they've tried to correct that. They've sent him home. Would you just pray for him that they get that ironed out and figured out? Brother Jerry Hubble, if you will. And uh, the Lord would just protect him. Grateful he had to not get hurt more in his falls and things like that. So we're grateful for that. Well, tonight, just share with you very shortly, and we have a busy night, and so I've tried to keep this short. In fact, last night into this afternoon, the Lord's taken me in a different direction. So the message we had originally planned in our follow-up in Colossians, we'll get to that next Sunday night. Um, But uh, I want to share with you just a thought. Lord laid on my heart this week. I shared just a a smidgen of it uh, in our visitation meeting yesterday morning, and the Lord just worked on me since then, especially this afternoon, sharing with you this thought. And uh, it's from Psalm 1. If you'll turn with me to Psalm chapter 100, very short psalm, and uh, we'll turn there together in uh, Psalm chapter 100. Well, it's been my pleasure for about, uh, oh goodness, 20-something years, 25-odd years to coach different teams and different sports and other things, and uh, I enjoy it thoroughly, have always done so, and uh, will continue to do so. One of the things I like about coaching is the pregame speech and uh, the pep talk, right? The encouragement, maybe even a halftime. I love the halftime speech, and uh, yeah, it's talking, so I enjoy it. But uh, uh, nonetheless, I enjoy that aspect of it. And uh, the pregame, the the halftime, the pep talk, the encouragement, and the challenge, and uh, correcting some things, I love all that in it. And tonight, I really uh, have come to view, and the, the reality is this. For tonight, for you and I, we're taking a deep breath, and then we're hitting the road serving the Lord in the next few weeks, aren't we? And uh, t- this coming week, Vacation Bible School, at the end of the week, probably one of the busiest days, and uh, right up there is the Wild Game Dinner and Christmas Cantatas, just the, 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 in- the, the investment for one whole day is a lot with family fun fair. and there's a reason we do it at the end of Vacation Bible School, we invite all those children to bring back their families, and we want to see their parents saved, and we want to see even their neighbors and others brought to that, and so it's going to be a busy week, and then in two weeks... You and I get to sit down at tables down on the other end, and we get to put scriptures together. And then we get to serve the Lord that way and, and put the scriptures together so they got to. So we're heading into a busy three weeks where we're going to serve the Lord in several different ways, and that's on top of our normal service. Um, I'm thankful for Fostoria Baptist Church and the many servants that sit in the pew and the many servants that we have as in our membership who serve the Lord in different ways. Yet, if the devil can't keep you on the sidelines... He delights to turn your service into sorrow. He delights to turn your service into toilsome, discouraging time. But that's not what God wants. He wants your service to be something completely different than what the devil would have. He wants it to be a time of gladness and joy. In fact, in Psalm 100, what does he say? Serve the Lord 
with gladness. Look at Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2 with me, if you will. Psalm 100 says this, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. We're called to serve the Lord with gladness. Now that applies to every single one of us here. The children here, if you've invited some, uh, somebody to vacation Bible school, you've been serving the Lord. Uh, if you work in the nursery, if you clean the buildings, if you uh, do anything of any sort uh, for the ministry that God has established here in, in the entirety of his kingdom, you're serving the Lord. And God says, I want you to serve with gladness. In fact, the word translated as gladness there is used some 50 odd other times and it's translated or excuse me, it's used a multitude of times, but 50 of the times that it's used, it is translated as joy or rejoice, rejoicing, rejoiced. So the reality is we understand that he is saying what? Serve with joy, serve with joy. Now, I dare say every one of us know the difference between serving with joy and serving without joy. We've gotten to the point in our lives where maybe we've served someone else. Maybe we've even served the Lord as a Sunday school teacher or, or a teacher, an usher, you name it. We've gotten to the point where we've lost our joy. We've lost our gladness. I want to encourage you tonight. I want to challenge you tonight that over these next few weeks and certainly the Sundays to come throughout the year that you serve the Lord with joy. You serve the Lord with joy. You serve him with gladness. That's exactly what God wants for you and I. So if that's the case, if God wants you and I to serve with joy, it ought not to come to a surprise to us that the devil wants you and I to try to do our service without joy. Without joy. Now, we all know what that looks like, right? Have you ever been helped in a restaurant or at a, at a store by someone who has absolutely no joy in service? We have all experienced it. Okay, and it's like, boy, who, who killed your cat? In fact, there's one down here. Anyway, forget it. Uh, <laughs> who killed your dog? Who killed your cat, right? You know what? Why, why are you having such a bad day? And you, we know when someone is serving without joy. I remember being once at a Chick-fil-A, and they always finish their statement by what? Well, it's my pleasure. If you say thank you, oh, it's my pleasure. And I remember one person said, it's my pleasure, and they looked like they were having the worst day ever. <laughs> and I wanted to ask, is it really? Because your face is not saying that. It's not really communicating that. We all know what that looks like, don't we? When someone serves without joy. Now, I would also say, we also know when you and I serve without joy. We may put a smile on our face, but we know our heart. We know our heart. When we've lost our joy, and that's something the devil loves. In fact, I would encourage you with this truth. The devil wants you and wants to make your service for God a drudgery. Something that you just have to do. I guess I got to go work in the nursery. I, I guess I got to serve in VBS somewhere. I, I guess I've got to help out the family fun fair because pastor keeps putting the pressure on. I, I feel like I've just got, and boy, he wants to make it a drudgery, inconvenient, uh, a mirthless task if we may describe it as such. Just another something to get through in my life, just to get done. He wants it to be joyless. No, don't be mistaken. The devil, certainly first and foremost, doesn't want us to serve God at all. But if you're going to serve God, in fact, let me back up. Many a Christian has been sidelined from serving the Lord through the efforts of the enemy. And would you think on that for a moment? There might be one person sitting here tonight that you've kind of withdrawn from serving the Lord. There's a ministry or different ministries that you've kind of just simply pulled back. And it, it, really, all it, that is about is the enemy has won. The enemy has sidelined you. 
from serving your God. Maybe there was a circumstance. Maybe there was something that, that, that happened. Whatever the case may be, you've pulled back and you no longer serve the Lord. Certainly the devil loves that. He wants many a Christian sideline. If he can't sideline you, if you are still going to serve the Lord, then he wants you to do it joylessly. He wants you to do it without joy. Now the question is, how does he do that? Well, he, he wants to use anything he can to steal your joy in serving. What does he use? What does he use? I would submit to you that one of the things he uses is weariness. You're tired. You're worn out. You're weary. That's why we are instructed in the Scriptures, what? Be not weary in well-doing. In well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. Why? Because weariness, such weariness, even in well-doing, can steal our joy. Can I ask you this? Have you ever been tired but happy? That pretty much describes every day of VBS, amen? Doesn't it? It it describes every Sunday for me, I'll just be honest with you. Exhausted, tired, but I hope that I still have the joy of the Lord. Uh, Family fun fair, we're going to be exhausted. We're going to be dragging in here next Sunday. But I hope we serve the Lord with joy. Do not let the devil use weariness to steal your joy. It'll happen in every ministry. You name it. Sunday school teacher, you've taught for multiple years. Devil would like you to get weary in doing so, in that weariness to steal your joy. Number two, he loves to use difficult circumstances in which we serve. Difficult circumstances in which we serve. Things that happen, things that come up, and boy, I just can't handle this, and I can't, I can't deal with this. They're difficult circumstances. It's, it's why we are reminded that His grace is sufficient for even less than ideal areas of service. When it doesn't check all the boxes, when it doesn't match up to what I envisioned this ministry being, or how it should go, difficult circumstances, that's exactly what the devil would use to get you and I to lose our joy in serving Right along with that. How about unfulfilled expectations? Desires unmet. (laughs) Wishes ungranted. (laughs) Finding oneself in a place other than what was desired for. Can I give you a great example of this? Okay, Pastor Aaron puts out the Vacation Bible School's volunteer forms. Inevitably, now I don't know how it was this year. I didn't get a chance to look at all of them this year. But inevitably, almost every single teenager puts down in their games. And why wouldn't you? Aren't games fun? So every teenager loves to work in games. Now, not every teenager. Some of them put down the classes and are certainly pretty different. A lot of them, for many years, as everybody put down games, okay? Well, can everyone work games? The answer is, okay, you're not convinced. Okay, games would not go well if every teenager in the church were games, all right? No, they can't all work games. So Pastor Aaron, before him, Pastor Hall and others had to decide, okay, I'm going to put this team here and this in here. And we get out the sheet there, and I'll tell you, there can be weeping and gnashing of teeth when teenagers find out they're not in games sometimes. If they don't have their heart prepared. Okay, now listen to me. Now, teenager, would you listen? How are you going to respond? When you don't get the job, when you don't get the responsibility that you desire, unfulfilled expectation. It isn't just teenagers either. It's adults. Now, often we as adults, you know what we've learned? Oh, I'll help if I can do this, this, and this. Oh, I'll help if I can, if, if you put me here, then I can do that. Now, obviously, there's physical limitations. Don't get me wrong anything like that. But be careful. 
Because it ought to be that you as a Christian learn to serve wherever God would have you to serve. No matter where it is, you do it with joy. You do it with joy. No matter the circumstances, no matter the unfulfilled expectations, it does not matter. We're going to have a good attitude and we're going to do it with joy. There's also the lack of realized tangible fruit. This week, we could have one saved, we could have none saved, we could have 10 saved, we could have 15 saved. We'll really never know the impact of a vacation Bible school or a family funfair. Heaven will only reveal the full impact, the full fruit. And if you and I rest our joy in serving upon tangible, seeable fruit, then the reality is when there are times of no fruit or famine, if we might describe it as such, we will tend to lose our joy in serving. We will serve not with gladness, but with sadness. The lack of realized tangible fruit, not being able to see the fruit of one's service, the, the product of consequences of one's service goes unseen in the present. And we, that's every ministry, isn't it? Uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> our, our valuable, treasured nursery workers hardly ever get to see the product or the fruit of their service. And yet... I don't know about you, from up here, can I tell you, a crying baby is a disturbance. Okay, I know it from personal experience at 3 a.m. in the morning, a crying baby disturbs. I know it from a church service. Okay, when someone gets up and they leave this auditorium, woo, heads turn. When a baby starts crying or somebody makes noises, boy, it gets everybody's attention. I can, I can lose this audience like this. Just because of a crying baby. Can I tell you, nursery worker, you may not understand and see always the fruit of your service, but there is fruit. Your service, God blesses. And no matter what you're doing this week, and no matter how many John and Romans you and I staple, and we have no clue where they go to in Canada, we don't know the people who will pick one up and read or what they'll do with it. We won't know the lives changed by the Bibles that are read or the John and Romans. We won't see down the road these children who came to vacation Bible school and they heard the truth of God's Word. And at a moment when they need it most, the Holy Spirit reminds them of something they heard here this week. You'll never know. And if you rest your joy and service upon the tangible fruit, there'll come times where you have no joy in service. Devil would have it to be such. How about this one? It certainly hits us all in our pride and our human nature, the lack of appreciation or recognition. Maybe you labor in the shadows. Maybe no one ever gives you a pat on the back or a thank you or whatever the case may be. Your service seems to go unnoticed by human eyes and, and uh, taken for granted. Whatever the description or the, uh, the picture may be, there's a lack of appreciation or recognition. And boy, does the devil love to use that to get, move you to lose your joy in service. So what I would ask you this evening, could we make it personal just here for a moment before we finish? Would you do one thing with me? Would you think with me what the devil likes to use in your life to steal your joy in serving? What's the one thing? What is it that the devil knows? Boy, that's it, man. That's, that's the thing that gets him or gets her every time. This is the thing that, boy, I can use in their life to, to steal their joy, to take away their joy in serving the Lord. If I can cause this to happen, if I can create this then, and I can make them think this, I can steal their joy. And then as you think about that in your own life, what is it? Would you determine not to allow the devil to steal your joy? 
as you serve the Lord this week in vacation Bible school on Saturday at Family Fun Fair in a couple weeks as we put John and Romans together. And every Sunday hereafter as we serve the Lord together here at Fostoria Baptist Church, would you determine the devil will not win. He will not steal your joy. You will not let weariness steal your joy. You will not let difficult circumstances steal your joy. You will not let unfulfilled expectations steal your joy. You will not allow the lack of tangible fruit to steal your joy. You will not allow the lack of appreciation or recognition to steal your joy. The Bible says what? Resist the devil. and What happens? He will flee from you. He will flee from you. And guess what he takes with him? All of his devices, all of his temptations. So resist him with God's help. Do not let your joy, or excuse me, your service be without joy. Begs the question, all right, pastor, so if I don't want my joy to depart, if there ought to be joy in service, where does it come from? Where does joy in serving come from? I'm glad you asked because the rest of the psalm really answers it. Look with me at verses 3 through 5, if you will. (coughs) Verse 3, know ye not that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Real quick, five ways or five things that our joy comes from in serving. Number one, you remind yourself you are serving the one and only true and sovereign God of the entire universe. That's who you serve. You can ask for any better. You serve the one and true, only God. You aren't serving the God that comes in second or third or last. Your service is done for the one and only true God. Can I tell you, if you're going to choose somebody to serve, you might as well make it the best. Amen? The one and only true God. So serve him with joy. You and I get to serve the God of all creation, the God of the universe, the sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient God of heaven. What a privilege that ought to give us joy. We're not wasting our time serving a dead God, a dead idol. We're not wasting our time serving self, which will not accomplish much and certainly nothing for eternity. We're serving the God of heaven. That ought to bring us much joy. Number two, he said what? You belong to him. He made you. You are one of his prized sheep. Boy, when you read the Bible, it makes you appreciate sheep, amen? Because you and I are one of his prized sheep. We belong to him. You're not your own. You belong to him. In fact, we are reminded we owe it all to him. You're alive today. You and I have the lives we enjoy, the lives we live by the good grace of God. We owe it all to him. And it's a privilege and a pleasure to be one of his sheep. And may I say this? It's a pleasure as a sheep to serve the shepherd. It's a pleasure. I belong to him. I am his and he is mine. If that's going to be true of anybody, I want it to be true of the God of heaven. I want to serve him. You're serving the one and only true and sovereign God of all the universe. Number two, joy ought to come from the reality that you belong to him. He made you. You're one of his prized sheep. Number three, that last verse said what? He is a good God. You are serving a good God. As it comes to righteousness and wholeness and goodness, God in heaven excels them all. No other person, no organization that you could ever choose to serve could ever bless you anywhere close to the blessings of our good God. You don't serve in vain. 
It's amazing to me how many people will, will change jobs and so forth out in the world, and they're trying to find, oh, I just, you know, that this employer's not very good. This employer's not very good. And boy, they'll just switch and switch and switch and switch and switch and switch and jobs. Can I just tell you right now, you serve the best master. He is a good God. You cannot ask for a more gracious, you cannot ask for a more good God, righteous God, a caring God, a loving God, than the God of heaven, the God of all creation. And my friend, it is a joy to serve him. He is a good God. You see, secondly, what it says? He is a merciful God. His mercy is everlasting, the Bible says. It's always available. If you've ever learned anything in life, being an employee or serving somebody else, it's this simple truth. A merciful master is easily served. A merciful master is easily served. Boy, if someone shows mercy and they're good and kind, that's an easy person to serve. That's an easy person to work with. Okay? A couple of my children have just started, a, uh, three of them have just started jobs at McDonald's. Okay? And I love to ask them, what happened at work? Was anybody mean in the drive through were there any church... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I do. Was anybody mean to you? And it's funny how many people get angry over food and being mad and, and being angry about an order or not getting what they want. Their fries are too cold, even though they just came out of the fryer. We won't go there. It's funny how people get upset. Now, can I tell you, that's not a pleasure to serve those people. I'm sorry, I, we'll make it right. And we've all been there. We've all been, or many of us have been in customer service. I worked at KFC. I worked at a grocery store. The customer's always right was what I was told. And so you serve those people. And there were some grumpy people. There are some unkind people. They were not fun to serve. You know, aren't you grateful your God is a good God to serve? He is merciful. He is loving. He is kind. He is a good God. A merciful master is easily served. And the last statement he makes is that his truth is the only everlasting and enduring truth. We parked on this a little while yesterday morning because it says his truth shall endure to every generation. Do you realize that if Jesus Christ tarries, he does not return? That in my children's grandchildren's generation, the truth will still be around. And to that I say, praise the Lord. His truth endureth to all generations. His truth will stand the test of time. It is an everlasting and enduring truth. You and I serve the God of the one and only truth. There is nothing we could work for or serve, don't miss it, that is more true. We serve the true God. In fact, there is joy to be found in serving the truth because it is an everlasting truth. It is a cause that will last forever and it will win in the end. And you know what I say to that? Here's what's amazing. You and I get to be a part of that work. We get to be a part of it. We get to make sure that through Vacation Bible School and Family Fun Fair and certainly putting together the scriptures, we get to ensure that what? The God's word, his truth, endures to another generation. We get to be part of the greatest work on earth. Now, we might ask one of our high school graduates that stood up here. We might ask a teenager. We might ask a child and say, hey, what is your dream job? And they may say, hey, working for this uh, sports team or doing this or doing this and doing this. Can I tell you, the best job you could ever have is to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. Whose truth endureth to all generations. I don't know about you. I like having the idea 
in entertaining the idea of serving something that's going to last and have a lasting impact. Can I tell you, nothing will have the lasting impact like the truth of God's Word. And serving God weekly, Wednesday after Wednesday, uh, vacation Bible school after vacation Bible school, day after day during vacation Bible school, family fun fair, putting scriptures together every year. What a great privilege you and I have to be a part of the work of the Master. These five things are the wells from which erupt our joy and service. These are the truths that anchor our joy in the face of weariness and unfulfilled expectations, unrealized fruit, and unreceived recognition. Our service to God in whatever form it takes, whatever your call to service is, whatever it takes or whatever it is, must be marked by joy. Now listen to me. It's not because of the task that is undertaken. We all have tasks that we may not like as much as the other. There are tasks and chores at home that maybe the children fight over or want one over another and so forth. The joy does not come from the task undertaken. It comes from the master we serve, knowing who he is. And as Psalm 100 has reminded us, he is a good God. He is the only one and true God. We serve him. So listen, I'm done, but as we head into a busy couple weeks of serving our God, would you first ensure this? Your service is marked by joy. Your service is marked by joy and gladness. Now here's what it might look like. Listen carefully. Can I have your attention? Okay. As we head into this invitation, that desire, that determination to ensure your service is marked by joy might look like one of these three things in prayer okay as we go into invitation remember what david said david said return unto me the joy of my salvation right that's what he said return unto me the joy of my salvation can i tell i i i believe there's some christians who need to do a similar prayer it needs to be this lord return unto me the joy of serving you Father, tonight, would you return the joy to me? I, somewhere along the way, I've let the devil steal it. I, I, I haven't served you with the joy that I know I should. I, I haven't been reminded as I ought to everything that Psalm 100 says about you, Father. And it is a delight, it is a joy to serve the God of heaven. And so, Father, help me not to look to circumstances. Help me not to look to expectations. Help me not to look at recognition to find joy. Help me to find my joy in you. The joy for my service. Maybe your prayer needs to be something like this. God, would you help my service for you be full of joy? Father, would you just fill me with joy this week? I may be working in the nursery and vacation Bible school. I may be working at games. I may be working in the, uh, the, the concessions or the cookies and the things. I may be working registration I, I, at family fun fair. I may be working security. I may be working an inflatable. I may be working a game. Father, wherever I am, would you fill my service with joy? Maybe you're here tonight, and just a few moments ago, you could say, you know, well, Pastor Henry, I know right away how the devil comes after me. I know right away, Pastor Henry, what he does to steal my joy. Maybe your prayer tonight would be something along the lines, help me not to let anything or anyone steal my joy in serving you, Father. As things happen this week, as things come up the next couple weeks, and, and, and something the devil tries to use to steal my joy, Father, would you help me to resist the devil? Would you help him to flee from me? And may I, in your power, ensure that my service is full of joy. My friend, you and I have in the next few weeks the grand privilege of serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's make sure we do it with joy.